You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. What is happening? I'm Packy, and this is episode 98 of the Spectators Podcast. I'm recording this Monday night. I actually played in a golf outing for one of my boys today, so one of the better Mondays one could have. I played like absolute trash, which is really disappointing because I've actually been playing some of the best golf of my summer before that. Uh, I've broken 80 my last like four or five rounds, including an even par 72, which is one of my best ever. It's actually one stroke off my best ever. But yeah, today was today was one to forget. But overall, the squad was solid. We got fourth place. Um, but I'm back home Monday night. I'm watching the Mavs-Clippers game right now while I get ready for the pod. Um, but the NBA playoffs are here. I'm super hyped about that. One of my favorite times of the year as far as sports go. Uh, the bubble's been working. I'm impressed with what they've done with the bubble in the NBA. So we have NBA playoff basketball, a real sport, a great sport, the postseason, the big names, a star-studded affair. But we'll get into that. First, we got a little spectators news per usual. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand. The gelato music video is here. It premiered on the Spectator's YouTube channel. Really dope video. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do so. Give it a like and a comment. Let us know what you think. I love it. Uh, for those who were on top of it and on the, the YouTube channel right when it dropped, you might have noticed that it disappeared for a second and a new version was put up. Um, it was just an issue with uh, the lighting on, on an edit for the video. So OJ was blowing me up after it dropped, trying to get a hold of me, and I didn't have my phone on me, of course, so finally I got it, and he said they had accidentally sent me one of the wrong edits, so he sent me the right one, and we got it up, and, and that's what the issue was, but I bring that up mainly just to let you guys know that that was what the deal was if you saw it disappear, and I think it's kind of interesting as an artist, really any type of creative, really, you have to be a bit of a perfectionist and really scrutinize your own stuff. Um, there's so many times throughout my career, and I'm sure it's the same with most creatives, where you put something out for the public and you realize it was the wrong version, whether it's a video, a photo, a song, because you go through so many edits and you're working on this, this art for so long, it's just bound to happen. And it might be something tiny that only 1% of the people would even notice. Like, In fact, that's usually what it is, but you know it. And you actually probably spent a, bu a bunch of time making sure that this was fixed. Um, so you know it, and you, you have to get the right version up for your own peace of mind, even if it costs you stats, you know, like views, plays, likes, whatever, because you put something out there, people consumed it, and then you got to take it down and put a brand new thing up. Because um, at the end of the day, I think for most artists, it's about the art. Um, you got into this thing because you you loved doing it and you loved making this product. Um, and it's not about like, oh, but so many people clicked this. Um, 
And things like that happen so often in the world of creatives, more than you know. Um, so yeah, quick explanation of that. Go check out the Gelato video. Drew Matt is dropping more music this week. I'm telling you, the boys are really, really working this summer. Um, but yeah, lots always going on with the spectators. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And before we pod, a message from our sponsor, Green Mitten. Green Mitten is a green-inspired lifestyle brand dedicated to cannabis and culture since 2012. Based in Grand Rapids, they've been featured in High Times Magazine for the last five years. A lot of you guys know the Green Mitten Brothers already if you've been following me. I've been on tour with them. They're really good friends of mine. They've got awesome clothing lines. They just released a new line that includes masks, masks, hats, windbreakers, crewnecks, and more. Um, I have the new stuff. It's awesome. I'll be posting some photos and stuff with it over the next couple of weeks. Um, it really is top of the line. They make a really good product. They put a lot of time in their designs, their products. I highly recommend them. Go to www.green-mitten.com. That's green-mitten.com. And use promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. In addition to the clothes, they have glass, they have CBD. If you're ever in Grand Rapids, make sure you, you go to the storefront there. You'll be, you'll be happy you did. Otherwise, if you're online, that's green-mitten.com. Use the promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. Let's pod. You are now tuned in, Tune in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. The NBA playoffs are here. Like I said, I'm watching Mavs Clippers right now. Really excited about that series. But I'll, I'll quick give you the rundown of, of what I have in the first round. <clears throat> Pretty much chalk. I got chalk, everything. The only thing that's not chalk is still chalky. Um, I've got the Bucks over the Magic. I got the Raptors over the Nets. I got the Celtics over the Sixers. Um, the only one that's not the top seed, I have the Heat beating the Pacers, but that's a five and a four, so still pretty chalky. Um, <clears throat> in the West, I've got the Lakers over the Blazers, but I'm a big Blazers fan. Love Dame Lillard. I think it's going to be a good series. I just have the Lakers pulling it out. Same type of deal with Clippers and Mavs. I have the Clippers, but I'll be rooting for the Mavs. I like the Mavs. I think it's going to be a, a tough series for the Clippers. Big Luka fan. Um, and then I got the Nuggets over the Jazz. And I got the Rockets over the Thunder. I think Rockets-Thunder should be a pretty decent one, too. Um, a lot of fun stuff to watch in that one. But, yeah, first round is going to be pretty chalky. Second round will get more interesting. Um, matchups in the West are going to be super close. Like I said, I'm taking the chalk, but I think the lower seeds can really push the higher seeds. Uh, I just tend to lead toward, lean toward the um, teams with the bigger stars in the NBA who are going to close out games and matchups when it's close like that until we get to the rounds where you've got superstars going against superstars. Um, like, like, like I said, I love Dame. He's a superstar, but he's going up against LeBron and Anthony, and that's just a lot to overcome. Um, matchups I'm most looking forward to in the first round. I kind of touched on it already. Lakers, Blazers, Clippers, Mavs. Those are the two I'm focused on. Like I said, I'm watching game one right now, and, and already this is a good one. Luka is just ridiculous. There's nothing he can't do offensively, and 
<clears throat> they've surrounded him with some good shooters in Porzingis, Hardaway, Seth Curry. Um, Doncic and Dame Lillard are probably the most box office players in the NBA for me right now. Um, obviously, Steph Curry's up there, but they're not in the playoffs. I want to turn on the TV and watch when those guys are playing. More than Braun, more than Giannis. And I'm not saying these guys are better. I'm just saying they're the most fun to watch to me. Um, wow. Okay, so. It looks like Porzingis literally just got ejected from this game. Got his second technical. Oh, my God. <clears throat> his first technical was soft as baby shit. He, like, he cleanly blocked Paul George and they called a foul. He punched the air and reacted, teed him up. I'll start there. This is the playoffs. I want that passion. Quit trying to corral these guys. This is what the fans tune in for. I don't tune in to watch the refs. I don't tune in to watch Steve Javi come on from the command center with his mask on and tell me that technically that is the correct call. Anytime you punch the air, it is in fact a technical foul. Anytime you push another player, it is in fact a technical foul. Get off my screen. And get poor Zingod back in there. Games are decided on this type of bullshit, which means series are decided on this type of bullshit. It reminds me of my biggest pet peeve in college basketball. The fact that they only get five fouls. Players need to get six fouls before they foul out, so refs don't have so much say over who wins and loses the game. I'm sick of the five-foul bullshit in college basketball. Because all that has to happen in college basketball is a star player picks up an early foul, and then a ref calls some bullshit on him immediately after. The guy goes to the bench with two fouls for the whole rest of the first half because the coach doesn't want him to get his third and not to play the whole second half scared. So you play the whole first half without your best player and the outcome of the game has changed because a ref made a shitty call. And I feel bad for the refs to a certain extent too because it's not easy to ref a game. Like you're going to make a bad call here and there and you don't want to change the outcome of the game that much. But when you're fast-paced, Reffing the game, whatever, you're not thinking you call some ticky-tack bullshit. You're not like, okay, well, he has one foul. This is their best player. Like, no. Not to mention, we, the fans, don't get to see that star player play like we want to. Refs should be there as an aid to the game, as an assistant to make sure the game experiences A1. You know what I mean? Not to be stars of the game and arbiters of who wins. That's how I, that's how I feel about this Porzingis ejection right now. Like, right there with that decision, they completely changed the game. It's been back and forth. The Mavs have looked really good. And you could potentially change the series right here. Players should be ejected if they're out of control on the court, being instigators, aggressors, whatever. Porzingis was not harming anybody on either of his tees. Let these guys play, especially in the playoffs, man. Like, that makes me sick. If I was a Dallas fan, I'd be sick right now. But, yeah, NBA playoffs, I'm excited about them. We'll talk about those as we go through. Um, again, it just started, so um, we'll talk about the games next week. But outside of sports, there was a little music, a little hip-hop conversation that caught my eye on the interwebs. Um, <clears throat> Travis Scott apparently outed for having ghostwriters, mainly Sci High. Okay, first of all, Sci High is credited as a writer, okay? 
And this is something that's been getting super confused lately in hip hop. When a person is credited and it's out in the open and public, it's just a writer. It's not a ghostwriter. Your favorite artists have had writers since the beginning of time. Just because you never thought to check song credits doesn't mean that they don't exist and are out there and people are being properly credited and compensated. So when somebody on Twitter screenshots the publicly available song credits and thinks it's some investigative gotcha work and people fall for it, I don't get it. Okay, so that's the first part of it. <clears throat> Secondly, why do people care that Travis Scott uses writers? It's Travis Scott. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Travis Scott's music. Don't get me wrong. But it's not because he's got bars and, he's, and it's not because of his storytelling. It's not because I feel like I really relate to certain things Travis Scott is saying. He just makes super wavy, catchy music. I don't give a damn who writes it as long as I get to listen to it. <clears throat> I only care... If an artist is writing their own music, <clears throat> excuse me, I need a little drink of water. <clears throat> I only care if an artist writes their own music when we're talking about storytelling or bars. And I, I care about the storytelling because it evokes emotion. Music evokes emotion. When an artist is telling a story from the first person, ideally they make you feel like you're right there with them. Like an artist can tell their experience and you somehow relate that to your life in, in a certain way if they're good at it. They make you feel those emotions that they're describing. When an artist is talking from personal experience, to me the authenticity just comes across and makes for better music when it comes to the storytelling. Then obviously you have bars. That's where a rapper is showing off their skills. If somebody else is writing for you, then you're showing off another person's skills. Like imagine one of your favorite rappers going to Sway in the morning and spitting for five minutes, just bars. It's going viral. Everybody loves it. Damn, he's dope. Then it comes out that he didn't write the shit. That doesn't fly when it comes to bars. You lose respect because that's like that's like the skill. Um, so if you're showing off somebody else's skill, that's like, ugh. But who's going to Travis Scott for bars? Nobody. Who's going to Travis Scott for personal, relatable storytelling? Not me. There might be a few people, but I don't think that's the go-to. So why would I give a damn if he uses writers? I, I wouldn't, and I don't. Um, we're running the gamut today on the pot. We got a little sports. We got a little bit of music. And then we got a little, uh, we got a little politics. And this comes up every so often. Um... Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris as, as VP last week. And I've seen some things going around about uh, the voting age being six, moving to 16. And this, like I said, this comes up every so often. And I just want to make sure I do my part and remind people how stupid that is every time. And it, it's going around because all the the Kamala Harris clips are, are going around because she just got chosen uh, to be Joe Biden's vice president. Like, so they got to dig up everything, blah, blah, blah. But apparently five years ago, she said some, something like, what do we know about 18 to 24-year-olds? 
they're stupid. And then last year she was asked, um, I think by a, a 16-year-old or someone around there at some one of these town halls that the politicians do, um, do you think Americans should have the right to vote at 16? And, of course, the answer that every politician gives, I think we should have that conversation. Um, the biggest cop-out answer of all time. But she did say, like, yeah, she, she insinuated she likes that. The more people we have involved in the electoral process, the better. Um, and, and first of all, I'm not crying about her about the obvious hypocrisy because that's literally politics, and that's why politics is gross so often. Pretty much all politicians say whatever they have to say in any given moment in time to get the right people to like them. I wish it wasn't the case, but it's the case with a select few outliers who are more principled, but it is gross. Um, the main thing I just want to say, because apparently there are a lot of people that think we should lower the voting age, and it is even bothersome to me that politicians even give it the time of day, is that it's one of the dumbest mainstream ideas being floated around. I would argue we need to actually raise the voting age, or I'd be open to changing the requirements. I don't even know if age should be the deciding factor. But if it is... 18 is the lowest it should possibly be. Essentially, we're voting for people who are going to run our country, make our laws, make the biggest decisions possible. And in certain cases, we're actually voting on laws themselves. It makes no sense to me that a kid who's potentially never had any type of job, never earned a dollar, never had to support themselves, should be able to vote in the same manner that their parents who potentially take care of them do. Does that mean there aren't 16-year-olds who support themselves? No. And I would be in favor of those 16-year-olds being able to vote. Because those politicians that are getting voted in, the laws, they directly affect them if they're supporting themselves. But the vast majority of 16-year-olds have no idea. And the vote just becomes more and more meaningless. Imagine being a parent. You're either a diehard Democrat or, or a staunch Republican, whatever. You have 50 years of life and principles and lessons behind you, and you go cast your vote, right? You get the I voted sticker. And then your kid, who lives under your roof, eats your food, can't keep their room clean, cries because you took their video games away, you name it. They go out and they vote the opposite party as you. It's just hilarious to me. What like what does that vote even mean? Or if or if take the same scenario and say they vote the same the same party. Either way, it's just it's just funny to me when you think about them voting the opposite, like them just literally canceling out your vote. How does anybody with a brain think that that would be a good move to to make to make our country better? Like, aren't we all out to try to make our country better no matter what your stances are? And more isn't always better. We should be looking for, like, a smarter electorate and not a dumber one, not just more for the sake of more. Like, why not let five-year-olds vote? I think we should really uh, be more inclusive in the electorate. Let's let five-year-olds vote. And I'm open. Like, I'd be down to require, like, I don't know, some some simple civics test be passed in order to vote. And, and it, maybe it's not up to age. Or you have to be paying taxes in order to vote. Um, 
something other than age, th- like, that's fine. I'm open. I'm not just like, no, uh, what we have is the way it has to be. But if we're sticking with age, which I'm okay with because you do get into murky waters when you start requiring things like a test or, or whatever. Like you want to allow everybody to vote, you know, everybody that is an adult, you know, it shouldn't be someone smarter, someone's dumber, like whatever, because everybody's got their own problems and they deserve to have a say. But I feel like you should have to be paying taxes. You should have to be an adult. You should have to, there should be some type of bottom line, not just letting high school 16 year olds that aren't supporting themselves be able to go cast their votes. I don't, I don't get that. Um, so miss me, miss me with that. Um, that's all I really got for today. Three different areas I wanted to touch on. Um, NBA playoffs are kicking off. Like I said, golf playoffs are kicking off. I'm going to, all right, I'm going to make my picks and I've only made one golf pick here. It, it, he got top 10 Xander Shoffley. I'm a, I'm a take him to win the FedEx cup. I'm a roll with him. That's my guy this year. I'm becoming a Morikawa fan by the second, though. But I'm going to stick with Xander Shoffley. He's going to win the FedEx Cup, come from behind. Uh, but I'm excited about that. In the NBA, I'm rolling with the Bucks to win it all. I just think they're going to be able to roll through the East relatively easily this year. Um, I think whoever comes out of the West, they're going to be battle-tested. But I think they're going to be a little bit worn out. Um. So, who who's going to come out of the West? I guess the theme of the NBA playoff talk is chalk, so I'll go chalky and say Bucks over Lakers in the finals. But it could be anybody out of the West, honestly. And the Lakers could get knocked out in the first round. I'm just not going to I'm not going to bet against LeBron not going to the finals with a good team until he officially doesn't get it done. Like to me, LeBron gets the benefit of the doubt. He's got a good cast around him. They're the one seed, and they have LeBron James. It's going to be tough, but I think they're going to make it there. But I think they're going to have a tough time making it there, and that's going to give the Bucks the advantage in the finals. Um, I'm also a big Giannis fan, and I'd like to see him get one. But, yeah, a lot of playoffs, a lot of sports starting to kick back in. We got football starting back up. I got some fantasy football drafts toward the end of the month, and We'll get some big fantasy football talk going on the pod because as soon as that kicks in every year, I haven't been as as like looking forward to it this year. I think it's all the COVID stuff and the uncertainty um, with the seasons. But once that kicks in, I'm I'm always fully engaged in the fantasy football action. So we'll talk fan. Um, but for now, NBA, a little bit of golf, and football's on the way. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you get the pod in your library right away. Holler at me at Packy Raps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts, and I will talk to you next Tuesday. I'm a company man. I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job, and I give my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump. Never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand.